sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. High fly ball. Deep right. Going back La Rosa Reina. See ya. A walk-off grand slam for Josh Donaldson. You're listening to Opposite Picks with Scott Wetzel on the Sports Grid Radio Network. And welcome to Opposite Picks on uh, Sports Grid Radio on this beautiful uh, Thursday, the 18th. Just double checking what day it was. So, what's going on, LLs? How are you on this uh, Thursday, the 18th? Yours truly sitting in for the next 60 minutes, taking your phone calls, 844 843. 6879. Again, that's toll free 844 843 6879. You want to follow me on Twitter? Send a tweet. It is at Opposite Picks. That's O P P O S I T E. Picks P I C K S. Email me. Go to my website, oppositepicks.com. Hit the contact Scott icon and fire away. Uh, three more years of LeBron. Memo from Adam Silver. Let's kiss LeBron's ass. Uh, hitting a home run with our strikeout props. Uh, there is hope yet for college football are these presidents that dumb they still don't get it lakers really Papelbon fires away and will the deshaun watson saga end today we'll get to all those stories plus your phone calls pyramid plays open parlays and of course uh the self-award winning opposite picks all coming up on the fastest hour right here on sports green radio yes network with the call on the uh, donaldson uh, walk-off grand slam nice job tampa bay last night what a joke and then valley sports cincinnati <clears throat> As the Reds beat the uh, Philadelphia Phillies one uh, nothing yesterday afternoon, can't rip the Phillies too much. I mean, you're not going to win all these games, but they had a chance to sweep that series uh, and, and uh, you know just kind of solidify their uh, postseason hopes just a little bit more. Tough losing to the Cincinnati Reds, but uh, you, you can't win them all. They didn't lose two, so not not too bad. Yeah, baseball last night. It's funny. We left the show doing in-game live. And Tampa Bay had just scored three runs in the top of the 10th inning after a 4-4 game. We were sitting on a 2-1 to Tampa Bay ticket. I told people to grab them um, when uh, the Yankees were batting in the bottom of the ninth inning. And I do like to do this. You know, the odds increase dramatically when the home team is batting bottom of the ninth in a tie game. And uh, you can get the visiting team at monster odds. And then if the home team doesn't win, then you go to extra innings and you're sitting on a monster ticket. And these extra inning games where you start a runner on second base, I tell you, it's a crapshoot. It really is. And, and, you know, I tell you, initially I did not like it and I'm not in favor of it, but I don't hate it as much. You know, it is accomplishing the goal that it set out, whether you like it or not. You have to acknowledge it is ending these games a lot sooner. You you don't have 12, 13 inning games for the most part, every once in a while. But for the most part, these games are ending in 10, maybe 11 innings. And this year in particular, last year, without knowing officially, I'd say about 75 to 85% of the teams, you start a runner on second base, you bunt the runner over. This year, they're not doing that. Not nearly as much. In fact, I think it's flipped. I think it's about 15 to 20% only. Uh, teams are just batting it out, and, and uh, some analytical nerd uh, 
figured out that it's better for you to allow that the first batter to hit in order to score a run than to bunt the runner over. I don't know where they came up with those numbers. I don't believe it, but uh, it might be better to get two runs or more in that situation, but not the one run. But anyway, um, teams aren't bunting runners over, and it's it's creating some runs and everything else, and games are ending pretty soon. So last night, Tampa Bay, so again, 7-4 Tampa Bay leading, heading to the bottom of the 10th inning. And you think the game's over, right? I mean, it's over. But then you say to yourself, you're starting with a runner on second base. All it takes is one batter. One other batter to get on base. And then you have the tying run at the plate. And anytime you have the tying run at the plate, you know, you got a shot, obviously. So even with a seemingly commanding three-run lead, I knew, like, you know, all it takes is just one of this stanky team and that small little ballpark. Just, you know, just one guy gets on and boom, I can see a three-run homer coming. I didn't envision a grand slam. Good old Josh Donaldson. Uh, I guess thank you fans like him now. Huh? Hits the grand slam, walk off as you heard it, and they beat the uh, the Devil Dogs eight to seven. Boy, that would have been a bad loss for the Stanks. I mean, that really uh, they would have lost then uh, twelve of fourteen. Uh, their lead would have been down to seven in the loss column. You know, we're we're inching closer and closer to the point where the Stankies have to worry about maybe actually blowing the division. Well, what a swing. Well, what a swing. Instead of it being seven games in the loss column, as I look at it, it would it's now 10 games in the in the standings. So it would have been eight in the standings, but seven in the loss column. So that's that's like a three-game in my world, a three-game swing. And now the Yanks have a 10-game lead over Tampa Bay and Toronto, 11 and a half over Baltimore. And, and maybe, just maybe, this is what they need to get out of the funk that they've been in. But oh, that was a tough one. That, that was If you had the Devil Dogs and then two to one, uh, that is a great, 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 great example of why, no matter what the circumstances, I don't care who you listen to, don't listen to any bozo who thinks he's a wise guy, expert, or whatever the case may be. One of the biggest advantages you have, the, the two main, main advantages you have by using a computer versus your local Louis de Lip, convenience, you put a bet at any time, anywhere, and the ability to hedge. And if you piss away that ability to hedge, you're crazy. So even with a three-run lead, Yankees were 8-1 to one at that point. You could have hedged on the Yankees for a couple of seconds, just a couple of seconds, that's all it takes. And you wouldn't have the aggravation you have that I have now, uh, not winning with uh, Tampa Bay last night. All right, just getting underway. We got a lot of winners for today. Our strikeout props, hitting a home run. We'll get to that next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Work. Uh, we had a thing pop up with, with Drew yesterday. Um, you know, just came out, you know, as it happens, it came out of nowhere. And so, uh... Um, obviously, he'll miss this game, but uh, you know he has a chance to be back, and you know, he's got a five-day window that he's got to take care of, and so yeah, it's just unfortunate that it was his turn to play the start. You know, but we'll, we'll figure it out. It was frustrating, but you know, control what you can control, and so you know we're working back to get to that point. Not quite there, but we got three weeks left to to get my strength, my speed, and my athleticism back to to where it was before. Nutrition-wise, what do you have to add or subtract to get back? In such a short time. Got to go back to the high school days when you're trying to gain 20 pounds in a in a couple weeks span. So we're we're forcing down as much as we can. 
You're listening to Opposite Picks with Scott Wetzel on the Sports Grid Radio Network. And welcome back. It is Opposite Picks right here on Sports Grid Radio, 844-843-6879. Again, 844-843-6879. Pete Carroll there on Drew Locke testing positive for COVID, so he won't play tonight. And that barn burner preseason game, Seattle with Geno Smith. And uh, the Chicago Bears with uh, who knows who. Yeah, yeah, you're going to make that. That's appointment television for sure. And then uh, Joe Burrow uh, having the appendectomy surgery and then losing all the weight. And now he's got to gain it all back. I, I don't think stuffing your face with Twinkies is the way to go. I mean, you know, just take a look at Zion Williamson. Really, <laughs> Be careful there, Joe, right? And we, we, we don't want you to turn into Zion of the NFL, please. Uh, baseball, yeah, last night. Yeah, we do that for the preseason football game uh, later on tonight, which we'll get to. We got all the picks as well uh, from later on tonight uh, uh, as well. So just a little recap yesterday of baseball late last night. Diamondbacks beat the Giants. Go figure, right? Love the Diamondbacks two days ago when uh, they had Merrill Kelly on the hill. They blow a one nothing lead. Don't like them last night. Love the Giants with Rondon on the hill, and then they blow a 2-1 lead. <laughs> Yeah, go, go try and figure out baseball. Dodgers win again, beat the Brewers uh, as minus 170 favorites. Only the ninth time all year the Dodgers, out of 81 wins, have won by one run. Only the ninth time. Everything else, 72 wins. That might be the most, you know, at the end of the year, we'll have to come up with a, a show. Most remarkable stats, trends, numbers for the season. That 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 to me is my leading one. Even if Judge hits, uh, you know, his uh, sixty home runs, and uh, you know, Pujols eclipses a bunch of others as he moves up the standings. Uh, you got the Otani story, obviously. But you know, if they go the rest of the season with, with only we'll say one more one run win, and they go the entire year winning a hundred plus games and only ten by one run. I mean, that really, that has to set the record. It just has to. Elias has to have records of that stuff. I, I can't imagine a team, even the worst teams, even like the teams that win 50 games have to win more than games by one run than 10. I mean, that that truly is amazing. So it only happened for only the ninth time last night. Of course, we were late in a run and a half, but uh, I, I digress. Astros beat the White Sox last night. Good job by Houston there. White Sox were rolling a little bit. They had won five in a row. Tough little series. Rubber game is later on today. Uh, White Sox can hold their head up high if they can win two out of the three, so it's still there. Rangers fire their uh, manager two days ago. They fire their president uh, yesterday. What a mess of an organization that is that. You talk about a team that you want to maybe just go against blindly? I did the Texas Rangers. If you're those players... You got to be saying to yourself, "What the fudge is going on? We don't have a manager. We don't have a team president. Uh, uh, you know, is the GM next? I know he got a promotion yesterday, but who knows? That would be a fade against team for sure. Cardinals slowly but surely starting to gain a little buzz. Uh, thank you very much, New York Yankees, for Jordan Montgomery, who pitched his third straight great game for St. Louis last night, who beat up the Rockies. Mets hold on. Uh, you know, by Buck Showalter, I'm not a big fan of a good old Buck, you know. Mets dropped the first two games of this series. They take a four-run lead into the bottom of the ninth inning, 9-5. to five. Um, It was 6-1, to one, and then uh, the Braves cut it to 6-5, to five, and then the Mets scored three in the top of the ninth to, you know, uh, gain control again at 9-5. to five. But as I'm watching it, we're doing in-game live, and I was telling uh, George Kurtz, who was on with me at the time, 
You know, I'm not fooling around. I'm bringing my closer in. Mets have to win this game. They can't go into tomorrow, meaning today's game, knowing that they're, they maybe get swept in a four-game series. You, you have to win. Heading into this series, you know, you would have obviously loved to take three out of four. Uh, you would have absolutely signed up for a split, but you just wanted to really avoid getting swept in a four-game series. You, you walk out of here, uh, even losing three out of four, not bad. So you had to win last night. So even with that four-run lead, I have a closer who hasn't pitched since Saturday. I start the inning with him. I start the inning with him. I do. Instead, Buck, being the genius that he likes to think he is, decides to put another guy out there, not his closer, Diaz. Uh, he gives up two runs, and the Braves are able to put the uh, tying run to the plate in the bottom of the ninth inning. And uh, Acuna Jr. flew out the deep right warning track. And, and I tell you, if the Mets would have blown that lead with their closers sitting in the bullpen, man, I'm not a fan of a Buck. Just, just not a fan. Nice job uh, by, by the Guardians uh, as they rallied from a 4-1 down score, six runs in the eighth inning, and they beat the Tigers, and, and they cover the run line 8-4. to four. How about that? Cha-ching, cha-ching. And uh, don't look now, but here come our Red Sox. I won't say anything. I don't want to jinx them because it's only the Pittsburgh Pirates, uh, but they did win again last night, 8-3. to three. They're still four back. They got to overtake a lot of teams. I get all that stuff, but uh, don't rule them out. Um, how about the, you know, about Jonathan Papelbon? Guy, you got to love him. He, you know, he was always one of my favorite players. In reference to the uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. suspension, the Royd suspension this week. Now, we've had a couple of others, including a senior, you know, speak obviously in favor of his son. Uh, David Ortiz has also spoken like, you know, it was a mistake and this and that. And then uh, <clears throat> Pedro Martinez to a lesser extent as well. So Papelbon comes out yesterday and tweets this. Bro, somebody in that Padres organization tell senior and junior to shut the F up. Uh, and he actually spelt it out. Uh, he used an anabolic steroid. Senior says millions of people are going to stop watching baseball. Question mark, question mark. Wrong. They're going to stop watching your cheating son. Who's more of a dumb blank? Senior or junior? Hashtag dumber or dumb and dumber. Damn. Uh, I, I thought I was critical of people. Holy, I mean, what acts did Jonathan Papelbon uh, have uh, on Fernando Tatis Jr. and Sr. Tell him to shut the F up? Millions are going to stop watching your cheating son. Who's more of a dumb blank, Sr. or Jr.? <laughs> Holy crow. Oh, that's funny. That, that, that's funny. Um, word is that we may get the end. May. Uh, get the end of the Sean Watson situation and that, you know, it's gone to appeal. The NFL wants the full year uh, um, suspension. Uh, the arbitrator ruled six uh, games. That wasn't enough for the NFL. So they appealed it. And the appeal guy, the attorney from Jersey is, is still looking at it right now. However, Watson and the league are apparently uh, close, according to sources, uh, not my sources, but according to reports, they're reaching a resolution uh, of that uh, arbitration. So, we know earlier that uh, Watson supposedly offered up an eight-game suspension. NFL said no to that. They want a year, so would he settle for 12 games? Would he settle for 10? Um, Browns, uh, you know, made a, a nice little deal with uh, Watson, 
So he only gets $1 million in salary this year. So basically, this is a wash. He's not going to really lose any money. The NFL is pissed off about that, supposedly. They want to have the Browns be fined. So would the Browns be part of this process? And they would have to accept a fine. So it's really a, a two-way street. You know, not only the NFL versus Watson, but the NFL versus Watson and the team. But word is that it, uh, it might come down later on today or tomorrow. So we'll see. You know what? I hope it does, just so we can move on from this. Two stories I've just, I've had enough of. Uh, the Deshaun Watson story and then the Kevin Durant story. I, I can't take the Durant story anymore. I just, I just can't. Um, you know, enough. I don't care if he plays for the Nets. I don't care if he plays for Siberia. I don't care if he plays on the moon. I'm done. I don't care that he doesn't want to be with the Nets. He's got three years left on his contract. Deal with it, trade him, or just tell him to shut the, in the words of Papabot, F up. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 2-2 coming. And a half swing. Did he go? Yes. Strike. Strike three. Yeah, it's a call strike. That was a strike. So Riley is questioning the home plate umpire who said it was a cold strike. Will Little didn't check out a half swing because he said it was in the strike zone. Pena and a line drive base hit into right field. Tucker will score. Pena heads to third. He'll be held up there. Chaz McCormick into second base with an RBI double. It's 3-0 Astros. You're listening to Opposite Picks with Scott Wetzel on the Sports Grid Radio Network. Uh, SNY with the call with the uh, first one and then the uh, ATT Sportsnet uh, with the McCormick RBI double top of the fourth inning, which turned out to be the game-winning run for the Houston Astros. 844-843-6879, the toll-free telephone number. You want to send a tweet, it is at Opposite Picks. Email me, go to the website, oppositepicks.com, and hit the contact Scott icon. As good old buddy Mike did, he said, dude, pay attention to the game before you complain. Diaz was used in the eighth inning. I did misspoke uh, or misspeak there a little bit. Uh, I referenced it to, I meant that they should have stayed in the game. Uh, Instead, they brought in a closer for the ninth inning. That wasn't Diaz when Diaz threw 10 pitches in the eighth inning. That's, I should have made that a little bit more clear. My bad, uh, Mike. So uh, kudos to you for that. On the other side of things, uh, we did get a nice little uh, email from, um, uh, not not that one. Uh, Hold on from uh, one of the other listeners. Yeah, we only have like two or three here. Um, Oh, what did I do? Erase it? Eh, how about that? I got a nice little email from somebody. Oh, there you go. Scott writes it. Just want to say how much I enjoy your show and common sense to gambling, calling out selfish athletes in a team sport. Keep up the great work from a loyal listener. LL. There you go. Thank you, Scott. Uh, please appreciate that. All right. 844-843-6879. So we got the Deshaun Watson thing maybe coming down. We got the Papabon mess. Uh, Lakers gave LeBron a two-year extension. You know what's kind of weird about this? is that there is a uh, third-year option, a player's option, right? So the agent, Rich Paul, told the four-letter network that the total contract can be worth as much as $111 million over the course of the contract. So if he's getting $97 million the first two years, and they have a player option for the third year, the third year then, if I'm doing my math correctly, is only $14 million bucks, right? I mean, if he's saying that the contract is worth as much as $111 million, 
Um, you know, I don't know what LeBron expects to be two years from now, but I'm, I'm guessing, you know, at, at 14, 17, 14 million dollars. I mean, I, I would have had a, like a 35 or 45, right? Million dollar player option, not 14. There's no way in the world he's going to accept that. And oh, by the way, uh, his son will be eligible for the NBA two years from now when LeBron becomes a free agent. So now most reports I've heard say his son is not an NBA player. He can dunk the ball, but so can I. That doesn't mean I'm an NBA player, right? So, or at least used to be able to, or used to be able to come close anyway, or at least I could, you know, touch the rim or, well, at least touch the net anyway. So, you know, does that mean LeBron's going to, you know, go elsewhere or it's going to be a tag team? You sign me for 50 million. You got to sign my son for 50 million. I mean, that's going to be real dicey. That is really, you know, how much of a jerk is LeBron going to be for the Lakers or anybody else to sign him? You know, you're not signing my kid for for a million bucks. Oh, no, 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 no. Not, not, not happening that way. Yeah. And oh, by the way, NBA Lakers, what a joke. Uh, good job by Matt Moore of CBS Sports, who pointed out that the Lakers, no doubt, uh, not a sharp surprise, are tied for the fewest sets of back-to-back games in the league with 12. Now, to be fair, most teams only, the average is 13 and a half. So it's only one and a half times less than, than what the average is, but it is still tied for the fewest. And he points out the Lakers with old man LeBron, are tied for the most rest advantage games as well. Kind of like the Dallas Cowgirls in the NFL. Dallas has six games this year in which they'll have more rest than their opposition. Lakers also will have more rest games than any other team in the NBA. Coincidence? I don't think so. I don't. Well, this league bends over backwards 10 times over to kiss LeBron's ass. It is just amazing. And then the Lakers announced yesterday they're retiring Pau Gasol's uniform number 16. Really? Really? Jerry West, Elgin Baylor, Wilt Chamberlain, you know, Magic, Worthy, and you're going to put Pau Gasol in there? Played six and a half seasons. He did win two titles, and, you know, he was the second man on those titles behind Kobe, but... That's worthy of being retiring your uniform number. Not put it. You want to put him in the Laker Hall of Fame, or you know, give him a little plaque or something. Okay, but to retire your uniform number for six and a half lousy years—that's all it takes. Guy averaged seventeen points and ten rebounds. I mean, he was a nice player, but he wasn't great. Wow, NBA is so soft. These teams are like so, so, so soft. All right, eight four four eight four three six eight seven nine. I got a bunch of winners. We did great with our uh, with our baseball uh, strikeout props yesterday. I'll get to that. And I got a bunch of winners for for today. A lot of getaway day baseball. Uh, Dennis in Philadelphia starts us off uh, this morning. What's going on, Dennis? How are you today, bud? Hello, Dennis. Dennis going once, twice. No, Dennis. Uh, he's not talking. He's, he fell asleep. How about uh, how about John in Manhattan? Johnny, what, what's going on, John? Hi, Scott. How are you today? Good, man. How are you? You know, it took you a few minutes, but you found a nice email from uh, listener Scott. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't, didn't. Just for our own edification, what's the name of your son again? <laughs> yeah, Scott. 
Chapman, Chapman, unbelievable, huh? It's amazing. You know, lost in the euphoria of the walk-off grand slam. On that play, the, it was a double into the right field corner. Aaron Judge scoops it up, and does he hit the cutoff man at first base? No, he overthrows the cutoff man, and that actually allowed the seventh run to score. Um, that guy should not, you know, a runner on first should not score uh, on a double. I don't care if there's two outs, and Especially in Yankee Stadium with a short right field porch there. I mean, I mean, you know, so there really is no reason for a runner on first base to be able to score there. So I, I agree with you on that one. Anytime you want to rip yeah, runs, you know, judge, six four is not a, a cakewalk, but then, you know, you have the right. runner on second and the tying run on plate, at the plate, but seven four is much worse. Uh, Serena is, is a jerk, Scott. You know, I know she, people are going to write really nice things about her because she's retiring. She was a, a jerk years ago, but, you know, uh, did you notice this? Um, she was supposed to play Monday night in Cincinnati, but she had a, a slight injury, so the tournament uh, – pushed it back one day to Tuesday night, and she lost uh, pretty quickly. Do you know they had a ceremony set up? They had a table with, like, champagne and flowers and, like, all this stuff on court to, to say goodbye to her. And, you know, not only did she waltz by the ceremony, she wouldn't speak to the, uh, the on-court reporter. She blew off the ceremony, walked right by the champagne, the flowers, high fruit with her nose in the air, and just walked off. And then everyone was, was couldn't believe how absolutely rude that was. And then in the post-game press conference, did she apologize? No. Why? She blew off the press, the post-game, post-match press game, wow. uh, conference, too, Scott. She was a jerk then, back in the day. She was a jerk this week. Uh, please comment. Thanks, Scott. Yeah, I didn't know. You know, I didn't know that. I did see where she uh, didn't talk to the on-court uh, reporter. Uh, I read that in the story, and I thought, all right, you know, no big deal. You're a little, little ticked off that you lost. Uh, you know, I you know, won't uh, hold that against you. You'll go talk to the media uh, inside. And they didn't say that she blew off the media inside as well. And they didn't point out that there was, like, a whole ceremony lined up for her uh, in, in Cincinnati. Wow. You know, if it's getting to the point now where she can't handle the feed, uh, and she's going to act like this. Yeah, you're right. She was, she's always been a little snooty, little, you know, uh, uppity. And all the incidents that she's had over the last, you know, five, six, seven, eight years, really when she stopped dominating people, you know, um, when she had to suffer a little humility with losses, that's, uh, it didn't sink in with her very well. She she can't handle defeat very well. Uh, most competitors, great competitors can, but you still have an assemblance of class in, in, in defeat. You know, you may be pissed off and disgusted and break a racket or something like that, and I'm okay with But, you know, when it comes to, uh, you know, bringing Osaka to tears the one time, 
yelling and screaming at the referee the other time. I mean, you know, the whole, we, we know the stories with her. Yeah. I mean, I, I've generally been supportive of her. She's, you know, kept tennis afloat for a long, 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 long time, her and her sister Venus. But, and far be it for me to say when somebody should retire, but she's no longer competitive. She can't even get out of the first round now. So it, it's like, you know, she kind of hinted that the U.S. Open was going to be her last tournament, but she never officially said that. And she never officially said retirement either. But, you know, like I said, these last couple of tournaments, she's getting her ass kicked in the first round. And if she's going to act like a big baby, then she might as well just, just leave now. I mean, just, just go ahead and leave now. But what's the point? You've done enough. You, you, you've done enough for tennis. So, uh, opposite picks uh, coming up next. Our strikeout props as well. We got a bunch of winners, open parlays, and everything else right here. Opposite picks, Sports Grid Radio Series six seven one five nine. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. LLs know what that music means. Time to take out those padded pencils, get set for the fastest, but more importantly, most profitable five minutes in radio, opposite picks. What are opposite picks your newbies ask? Well, we give you seven games, 7,000 reasons why we like one team, and then we go opposite. Why? Because despite all the stats, trends, hunches, injury reports, weather reports, systems, and everything else, nobody but nobody beats the boys in Vegas. A little slip up yesterday, three and four, dropping our numbers to three, 15 up, 373 down. Uh, minus uh, 4250 bucks if you're a $100 player and you've gone opposite uh, from uh, everything we give out uh, for the start of the season. So we need to turn things around here for you guys. Uh, first of seven pack, uh, we got St. Louis. The Cardinals laid a run and a half versus Colorado. A little afternoon baseball in St. Louis. Adam Wainwright goes for the Cards, who are now 14-4 and four their last 18 games after winning last night. 16 games over 500. Rockies are 20 games under 500 on the road. Uh, they're 6-14, their last 20 games overall. Love St. Louis here laying a run and a half. Yeah, give me a Colorado plus the one and a half runs. Pick number two, White Sox plus 115 versus Houston. Let's hop on the Sox bandwagon now, all right? They're 5-1 their last six games, even with last night's loss. Maybe, just maybe, they're making their move. Astros on cruise control. They got a whopping lead in the AL West, a comfortable lead over the Stankies for the best record in uh, the American League. Uh, they're just five and, or check that, six and five, their last 11 games. You know what? I'm going to play a hunch. Love, love, love the White Sox to keep it going here this afternoon. Uh, give me Houston minus the 135. Pick number three, Dodgers pick them, pick them versus Milwaukee. Yeah, I know it's Andrew Haney versus Corbin Burns, Edge Milwaukee, but I'm playing the Dodgers. Are you kidding me? Brewers are still just 5-10 and ten their last 15 games after losing last night. Dodgers 25-4 and four their last 29 games, and I can get them at pick them? Uh, give me Milwaukee, uh, Milwaukee at Pickham. Pick number four, Red Sox minus 190 at Pittsburgh. Ah, our favorite whipping boy, good old JT Brubaker and his lousy, god awful program. I mean, the record 2 and 10 uh, goes for the Pirates. 
He's actually pitching, you know, not bad, but uh, like like most JTs, they find ways to lose when this guy starts. I mean, they're two and ten in his last twelve starts, so his two and ten record is indicative of how bad the Pirates play when he's on the mound. Love, 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 love Boston here. Uh, give me uh, the Pirates plus one seventy. Pick number five, San Diego laying a run and a half versus Washington. Uh, you Darvis starts for the Padres, and more importantly, 0-6, Annabelle Sanchez goes for Washington. Six starts for Sanchez, six losses for the Nationals. It doesn't get better than that. I mean, why he's still in the starting rotation, I don't know. I don't care. I just hope he continues to be because he's a better's dream. He's awful. Love, 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 love Washington, or, uh, San Diego here. Uh, give me Washington plus the run and a half. Pick number six, Mets laying a buck 30 against Atlanta. Ah, the mighty Jacob DeGrom starts for the Amazons. You know, the, the world will tell you, including Met fans, obviously, that he's the greatest pitcher since Walter Johnson. I mean, forget about Tom Seaver. Forget about all the other greats, Jerry Kuzman. You know, oh, no, John Matlack. No, this guy is the be-all, end-all. He invented baseball. Buck invented it, and then DeGrom perfected it, right? So there's no way he's going to lose tonight. Uh, give me the Braves plus the 110. Pick number seven, uh, WNBA, Seattle in four and a half versus Washington. Storm at home. That's the key. They were 13 and five at home this year. Second best home record in the WNBA. Washington only 10 and eight on the road. Storm won the season series against Washington, taking two out of the three. Uh, now I'm getting them basically a pick them. Sue Bird's last go wrong as well. You know, love, 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 love Seattle here. Uh, give me the Mystics uh, plus the uh, four and a half. Opposite picks, seven pack. Rockies uh, getting a run and a half at St. Louis, despite being six and fourteen in their last twenty games. Astros laid a buck thirty-five against the Red Hot and White Sox. Milwaukee pick them against the Dodgers, who are twenty-five and four in their last twenty-nine games. Uh, the Pirates with our favorite whipping boy on the hill against the Red Sox, plus 170. Uh, Nationals, plus a run and a half against San Diego, despite god-awful Anibal Sanchez pitching for Washington. Braves, plus 110 against the mighty greatest pitcher of all time, Jacob DeGrom. And uh, the Washington Mystics, plus four and a half at Seattle, despite the storm being the home team there. Opposite picks uh, for a uh, Thursday, August 18th. Good luck, folks. All right, and there you go. As always, uh, we post those uh, on the website, opspicks.com, in case you're driving around. You can't write that stuff down, including uh, our uh, our pyramid plays and then our uh, strikeout props, which, oh, by the way, you know, for those that view us on Endgame Live at night, as all of you should, you know the strikeout guys at night? Now, I do this separately from what we do here. Uh, these are just, you know, I take the, the two or three, whatever we have, night games, and I look at the, the pitcher's props, and then we give out some winners for uh, uh, for the in-game live, right? 10-0. and 0. The uh, Monday strikeout guys, there were two games, four pitchers, 4-0. Tuesday, there were two games, four pitchers, obviously, 4-0. Last night, one game, two pitchers, Rondon and Davies, 2-0 for over. 10-0 so far. I don't think there's anything else to it, except it's just kind of a fluke, but I, I like betting on flukes. 10-0 over uh, for the nighttime pitchers. All right, 844-843-6879. Who are we going to play tonight? I will tell you, but first up, uh, Dennis in Philadelphia is back. What's going on, Dennis? How are you tonight, uh, today, bud? 
Hey, thanks, Scott. I'll do three quick things and then let you comment. I uh, had a really good night last night on a couple of parlays uh, on the Cubs, Padres, and Guardians. Uh, I, I couldn't resist the one and a half and one and a half, both on the fathers, as you refer to them, and plus those the lowly Tigers. So both teams came back good. I hit that, and then a Mets-Dodger on the run line. So very good night. Uh, thanks for all the, all the help towards that. Uh, on the Eagles, uh, the QB hurts. He's not the best quarterback. He might not even be the best quarterback in camp as far as arm talent goes. I mean, look for Minshew. When you have Smith and A.J. Brown on the receivers and you don't get you don't get the ball to them, they're going to start grumbling. My prediction is by game two or three. Um, they'll be grumbling about he's not getting the ball to them. And last but not least, thank you so much. I feel vindicated. I have my Mark Lawrence playbook sitting right here <laughs> on the desk and i am so ready for college football i'll let you comment scotty thanks for taking the call yeah dennis i appreciate it bud yeah dennis one of our uh 25 tier guys uh, i send up free uh, mark lawrence books to, to all the guys there so um yeah and that is a bible it's a, i've had that you know i've gotten to know mark over the last couple of years um, you know, really about four or five years, you know, super nice guy, but I've had it for probably 10 to 15. Uh, it, it's just got every stat in the world. It, it's a, you know, it, it's a good book. I'm not, I'm not trying to sell it here, but it's just, it's got stats and trends and not too much minutia. Uh, I, I don't have I mean, my brain can't handle all the minutia like some of these preview books. So I, I do like that. So I'm glad you enjoy it hurts. You're right about Minshew. Um, you know, these scrambling quarterbacks, they're going to scramble and they're going to get yards scrambling um, and they're going to get some first downs and they may even score some touchdowns and they may even win some games. But those wide receivers, especially now, Dennis, when these wide receivers are making big bucks, you know, these guys are starting to make 15, 20, 25 million dollars now. They want their numbers. They don't want that quarterback running for 10, 15 yards. They want to get a 10, 15 yard completion. So I, I don't doubt what you're saying. I, I think that's true. I, I think before long, uh, you know, Minshew might be in there or you'll, you'll get some issues. You, you really will. So um, I agree with that. And yeah, last night, not a bad night. Uh, would have been nice if the Dodgers would have won by two runs and they had a two nothing lead. But the Mets held on to win by two. Uh, the Indians rallied from 4-1 down to win 8-4. to four. That was a nice uh, run line cover. Um, so, yeah, it worked out. Uh, yesterday was halfway decent. And I actually hit a, uh, a, a strikeout prop that paid 9-1. to one. I had Rondon over 7.5, Scherzer over 7.5, and, and then uh, one of the early guys in, in the uh, afternoon at 7-plus getting odds. And it, and it hit. Um so I, I, I collected a nice little fat little nine to one uh, ticket on, on that one. So, yeah, hopefully you guys continue to catch these strikeout props in because we kicked butt again yesterday. Five and one. Um, been a little slow. It's been, you know, but you know, one thing about these strikeout props, when we're slow, it's four and four, you know, or three and three, maybe two and three. Uh, but then we'll hit a home run like last night at five and one. George Kirby was the guy in the afternoon. Uh, Kirby, five and a half. He had seven winner. Scherzer, seven and a half. He had eight winner. Stripling, three and a half uh, against Baltimore. He had seven winner. Herman uh, for the Stankies, five and a half. He had six winner. Gonsolin, five and a half. We gave out against Milwaukee. He had eight winner. The only loser we had, and I can't believe it, was Rich Hill, who had four. His number was four and a half. And they took him out. He was pitching well. 
Um, you know, it's a, it's a two-headed battle here. It's not only do you need to get the strikeouts, but you need to be able to pitch, you know, five or six innings to get your strikeouts. And for some dopey reason, the Red Sox lifted him with one of the worst bullpens in baseball. So he was our only loser yesterday. So we went five and one. We missed out on... Um, you know, our little $10 parlay that we tried just for, for laughs and giggles. We had Kirby at 8 and Scherzer at 11. So we came close, but uh, that, that's not going to get it done. So we're 0-7 on our parlay, uh, goofy $10 parlay. But if you're a $100 player, and I know not everybody is, but just for recording purposes, it's easiest to do it that way. Uh, our strikeouts are twenty are 49 and 27, good for 2424 bucks. If you were playing only one, Yesterday we gave out a winner, and uh, you'd be twenty-one and twelve, eight hundred and ninety bucks. Our, our only one was Kirby in the afternoon because he was against the Angels, and the Angels are the uh, they strike out the most out of anybody in baseball. So nice little job. But all right, let's uh, put that aside. Who are we playing today, Scott? That's what we want to know. All right, I got six guys here. Seven I consider. We're going to throw one out. Jacob Degrom eight and a half minus one fifty. Big number. Against Atlanta, and you're laying juice as well. But you know what? He's had three starts since uh, coming off the the disabled list. Uh, the first one, they they had a restrictions minute, so we're gonna throw that out the window. His other two, he had ten and twelve. And the Atlanta Braves strike out the second most behind the Angels and anybody in baseball. So I'm going over eight and a half, even minus one fifty. Uh, Andrew Haney, six and a half at Milwaukee. Milwaukee strikes out the fourth most of anybody. He's three and five, getting seven strikeouts or more. Uh, you know what? Uh, we had a nice night last night, so we're going to take a flyer on, uh, on Haney. Why not? Corbin Burns, seven and a half versus the Dodgers. Same game. So we need eight. He's at eight or more in nine of his last 14 games. And he's a righty, which means Joey Gallo figures to be in the lineup today, which means that's two automatic strikeouts at least for Burns. So that's the key. Zach Gallen, five and a half at San Francisco. Uh, he's five and five. His last 10 games getting six strikeouts or more. He is coming off back-to-back shutout performances where he had six or more. So he's pitching very well late. So we'll go with over Gallen. Uh, Josh Winkowski, three and a half, uh, Red Sox pitcher versus Pittsburgh. Pirates are atrocious, and they strike out the fifth, fourth or fifth most times in baseball, so we're going to do that. And then we're going to use good old JT Brubaker, five and a half. He's had six strikeouts or more in seven of his last 11 games. So DeGrom, Haney, Burns, Gallon, Winkowski, Brubaker. And uh, our $10 parlay, DeGrom, 11 or more, Burns, 10 or more. Uh, paying $235 and $340, which is a, in a parlor, we pay you $137 for your $10 parlor. Not bad. All right, we'll close up shop next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Opposite Picks with Scott Wetzel on the Sports Grid Radio Network. All right, let's throw out a couple more things here before we uh, pass it along to Ben Stevens and Joe Lisi on uh, Football Full Circle right here on Sports Grid Radio. Our uh, pro Dodgers anti-nationals uh, parlay yesterday would have hit if uh, we were just playing them straight, but uh, we're greedy. We have too many bills. We don't do that. We lay a run and a half, and uh, both the Dodgers and the Cubs against the Nationals one by one run, so we didn't get it done there. So we're 3-9. and nine. Our profits are down to $305. We're going to do this a few more 
separate times. Uh, we get the Dodgers today laying a run and a half against the uh, the Brewers. We're getting plus 142. Uh, we're going to lay a run and a half with San Diego against Washington. We still have to lay minus 185. You parlay it together, $100 bet will win us uh, $274. So cha-ching on that one, hopefully. Uh, we lost with our open parlay on a stinking Phillies yesterday afternoon. Son of a gun. So we got to start over. We're now 2-51. and 51. So we need to do some. Uh, get, we need to get a winner here. Uh, we're down to minus uh, one thousand eight hundred bucks. So we're going to go with San Diego. I, I do like the Padres. Uh, Darvish pitching. Both teams are flying. Both are going to be tired. Anibal Sanchez sucks for the Nationals. So we'll take San Diego laying a run and a half minus one eighty five hundred dollars, and we're going to win fifty five bucks. That'll be leg number one of our sixteen parlay. Underdog open parlay. We didn't have anything yesterday, so we're going to start a new one today. We'll go with the White Sox uh, at home, uh, getaway day, uh, afternoon baseball, pretty even pitching matchup. We're getting plus 112, so 25 bucks. Remember, use a quarter of a unit on this one, uh, 25 to win 28 on the White Sox at uh, plus 112 at home against the uh, the Houston Astros. Not bad. All right, so we'll post the uh, the pitchers. You got all the pitchers again. Kirby. Oh, check that. That was yesterday. You got DeGrom, Haney, Burns, Gallon, Winkowski, and Brubaker, our $10 adjusted line parlay. DeGrom, 11 strikeouts, Burns, 10. That pays $137. Um, and then, you know, we'll get into it a little bit more with the, on the podcast. But college football says, a little background story here in their big meeting yesterday, that they're considering going to an expanded playoffs before their current TV contract runs out. That's good news for college football fans. We'll talk to you tomorrow, folks. Have a great Thursday.